Welcome to the Inspiring Social Entrepreneurs Podcast. My name is Fergal Byrne. Every week, I talk to inspiring social entrepreneurs and changemakers dedicated to building a better world. Here, they tell their stories, the highs and the lows, and share what they have learned to help other social entrepreneurs and changemakers on their journeys. Well, our core vision is the insight that every single person in Africa is going to have a mobile device in the next couple of years. What we try and do, and our, our philosophy and our vision really is to say, what are the life-saving services that we can build um, and de- deliver over mobile devices? For any person who's thinking about building a social enterprise, I would always say, start with the people that you're trying to reach. Um, uh, Paul Pollock used to have these rules, um, the three don't bother rules, and, and his first rule was, Um, If you haven't spoken to 25 people that you're trying to reach, don't bother. I'm very excited to be introducing Gustav Preckelt, founder of the Preckelt Foundation. The Preckelt Foundation develops open source and scalable mobile technologies and solutions to improve the health and well-being of people living in poverty. It's developed programs that have reached over 50 million people across 15 countries in sub-Saharan Africa. Programs like MAMA, a program that provides pregnant women and new mothers with information and support through their mobile phones. Another project harnesses the mobile phone as a high-impact, low-cost tool in the fight against HIV, AIDS and TB. Gustav is a passionate advocate of the idea that technology should be available to everyone. He's currently working on a new project to bring Wikipedia to Africans who don't have smartphones. Welcome. So... Excellent. Well, welcome and thank you very much for taking the time to share with us your experience and journey. Um, So could you tell us a little bit about your background and how you ended up uh, setting up the foundation and what it is Mm -hmm. you do? Um, My name is Gustav Preikult and I'm the founder of the Preikult Foundation um, and also Preikult Consulting. And we run two organizations. One is a for-profit, one is a non-profit. Um, Both of them build what we call population-scale mobile systems for the developing world. And so in both cases, we specialize in in building software that runs on mobile phones that deliver life-saving and other information to people living in in the developing world. How we got to this point, um, I'm an engineer by by training. I studied computer science, um, and um, straight after uh, finishing university, I started my first startup. So I've always been an entrepreneur and uh, I've always been in business, and, and I love um, the idea of combining technology or using technology to not necessarily just make the world a better place. It's, I think more engineers are inherently optimistic. They, they wouldn't become engineers if they didn't think they could make the world more interesting and better, and fun- to function better, if, if I could put it that way. And that was something that I, that I always found appealing. And uh, my first startup was used... Um, uh, internet technology and, and, and was an internet startup and one of the first ones in, in Africa. And I ran that for 10 years. Um, at that stage, I just felt I wasn't achieving, um, I wasn't really happy. It was a very large company and, and we were building software that I didn't think was really having an impact, the type of impact that I, that I thought uh, we could have. And uh, a turning point for me was when I traveled to Dar es Salaam and I was walking around the streets and this is about 10 years ago now. Um, actually about 12 years ago now, and every single person I saw, almost every single person had a mobile phone. And what was really interesting to me is uh, it's a poor country, um, yet there was this really high density of mobile telephony, and people were not using 
the mobile phones to make calls. They were using them to text. And so I thought this is really interesting. People are, first of all, this high penetration of mobile devices, so there's obviously opportunity. And secondly, the technology is being subverted. It's used, being used in a different way from which people originally were planning or had intended the technology to be used. And uh, that was inspiration for, for Project Consulting, my for-profit, which uh, we now started 10 years ago. And the intention was to ride on that wave, to, to leverage that installed base of, of mobile phones and also to try and understand how people really use those phones, to really d dig deeply and try and figure out how, what people's real needs are and how we can build software to address those needs. Um, and that's really how the for-profit started uh, 10 years ago. Excellent. So, um, interesting question. Mm. Social entrepreneurship, what does that mean to you? And Because um, you have a for-profit and you have a non-profit. Um, put it all together, mm. uh, making a profit and a social mm -hmm. impact. You characterize yourself as a social mm -hmm. entrepreneur. What does it mean to be a social entrepreneur? Uh, social entrepreneurship is always such a loaded and interesting term. So I've, I've got a really good friend, uh, Kevin Starr, from the Mulago Foundation, who says that a social entrepreneur is an entrepreneur who doesn't lose too much money, which um, I find um, really interesting. Um, for us, really, my background is as an entrepreneur, um, and being an entrepreneur means building um, new technologies and, and making a profit. And so I don't think you can be an entrepreneur without making a profit somewhere. Um, I guess the social side of it comes in uh, by having a social impact. Um, it's, an, it's an interesting question, though, because if you look at Africa, any, almost any entrepreneur building infrastructure, building software, or building companies is going to have a, is going to have a social impact in, in Africa. So almost, it's almost a truism that an entrepreneur is a social entrepreneur already. Um, I think the, the, the reason we call ourselves a, a, social, entrepreneur, a social business, really, is um, we have an explicit statement that we feel our work needs to have a social impact and has to make the world a better place for, for people, specifically in, 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 the, in the developing world. Um, but for us, the underpinnings of this is always still being a, a profitable business. Excellent, excellent. Very interesting. Can you tell me a little bit about some of your exciting projects? Because you have some very uh, exciting health projects and innovative projects in terms of information delivery. And uh, I'd love to hear more about that. Well, our core vision is um, the insight that every single person in Africa is going to have a mobile device in the next couple of years. Already we're in the, uh, in the place in South Africa where there are more phones than human beings. And now this is a country with the highest Gini coefficient. In other words, the, the most inequality of any country in the world. Yet every single person's got a mobile device. And so what we try and do in our, our philosophy and our vision really is to say, what are the life-saving services that we can build um, and de deliver over mobile devices? And so, um, based on that principle, what we really try and do is look at what people need and what they state themselves, they, they, their needs are. And can we take, can we somehow deliver a piece of information or a service or a transactional uh, component to them that can address that need? Um, can we do this over mobile phones in a way that's uh, sustainable? And then finally, can we scale it up? Um, so, in other words, can we address uh, the majority of, of a population of a, of a particular country? Um, and that's really the framework. That's how we think about our services. Um, an example of one of these services is MAMA, which is the Mobile Alliance for Maternal Action, which we launched in South Africa with a number of international partners, including USAID and Johnson & Johnson. 
And that aims to deliver stage-based messages to every single mother uh, every week of her pregnancy and also for the first year of her baby's life and gives her the type of information that she needs to care for her child. And it provides us to mothers that previously had absolutely no access to public health information in very, very rural and, and, and difficult to reach places. Um, we think it's a really exciting project because it's a universal service and it's completely free. So it'll allow every mother in South Africa, um, as long as she's registered on the service, to, to receive this uh, free information. Another example of a, of a project uh, that we're working on is called uh, Wikipedia Text. Um, now, Wikipedia, <clears throat> everybody knows about Wikipedia. It's uh, the fifth largest website in the world. I think they reach over 500 million unique people every month. Yet, the vast majority, maybe 80% of all their traffic comes from the developed world. In other words, rich people from North America and Europe. And you'd think the people that need that information most um, should have access to them. Yet, um, because they don't have uh, data-capable phones, they just can't access that information. Um, and it's something we realized uh, a couple of years back, and we thought there must be a way to make this information available on low-end phones and feature phones. And so we developed a technology called USSD uh, for Unstructured Supplementary Data Service, and we integrated that with Wikipedia. And that now allows and will allow any person with a low-end phone to be able to search Wikipedia and get the information, exactly the same information that you would get if you access it on a website, to get that on a feature or, or a dumb phone via text. And they can do this absolutely for free. And we launched this in um, Kenya earlier this year, and we now intend to scale it out over tens of countries across Africa. A very exciting project, enormous mm. potential, and very visionary. Have you any sense how, what's the feedback been? Have you any sense of, since it's been on the mm. ground, how people are reacting? We've had, um, with Wikipedia Text, we've now had uh, over 100,000 people access the service. And I think the really interesting thing for us is how, um, how much, uh, how interesting it is, the type of things people query. And so we were quite surprised um, and couldn't understand why we were getting so, much, so many queries around uh, solar eclipses. And of course, it was because there was a solar eclipse happening in Kenya. And, and I think one of the, the interesting side effects, unintended consequences of, of building the service is that Wikipedia text is now also an invaluable resource to, to be able to tell what is going on in the country. So for instance, we're thinking about uh, collaborating with academia to do um, some analysis on the types of searches people do in Kenya and in other developing countries to use that as a predictor in public health, for instance. So if people start searching for certain medical conditions, we, it'll be a predictor for us in that country that potentially there's a public health hazard. One thing that seems clear to me is that you, you're not working alone. This is not you in an office coming up with an idea and maybe trying to sell it. Behind this, there's uh, a philosophy of collaboration. You're working with other organizations, and that seems to be a key part of what are making these projects uh, you know, so successful. Can you talk a little bit about you know, your ideas about that and uh, how important you see that? Um, we think collaboration is... Uh, we think collaboration is key to building services for, for the majority world and the developing world. Um, and it really starts with our end users. Um, for any person who's thinking about building a social enterprise, I would always say start with the people that you're trying to reach. Um, uh, Paul Pollock used to have these rules, um, the three don't bother rules. And, and his first rule was um, if you haven't spoken to 25 people, 
that you're trying to reach don't bother, um, which I think is a fantastic rule. And, 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 and I just think it's such a great inspiration to finding solutions, just to do, go and speak to people that you're trying to help and ask them what are your pain points. And in any given day when you get up in the morning and you go through your day, where do you struggle? Do you struggle to get to work, to pay for um, medical services, to get medical services? Um, do you struggle because it's not in your vernacular? All those, each and every single pain point is for me an inspiration for a brand new product. And that is where Wikipedia text came from for us because we were chatting to people and, and they just didn't, have the capability to get that type of information, yet they had mobile phones. So I think um, for us, that's always the start of, of any new project. Um, in terms of collaboration with other partners, the, the beauty of, of, of software development lately is um, the open source movement. And, um, and by its very nature, developing software and open source means you're collaborating, you're sharing with other people. Um, you're building tools and products on top of other pieces of software that people have spent many hundreds and thousands of, of man hours in developing. And by its very nature, open source technology just makes the entire process much more collaborative, much more open and much uh, less prone to, to error. Um, some of the organizations that we love working with uh, are, uh, and what we've seen is very successful now is also private-public private partnerships. So private companies that want to have a social impact collaborating with uh, philanthropic organizations to have a much bigger impact because of the collaboration. Very interesting. You, you've come as 10 years, 12 years on, on a journey. What's your vision? Over what time frame do you think about what you want to achieve and how, what is in your sight at the moment? Um, so we have, a, we have a, let's say, a six-year 2020 vision. Um, and uh, by 2020, we believe that every single human being that we want to reach will have a mobile device. Um, that means every single person, no matter how, uh, whether they live in poverty or not and where in the world they are, will have a personal mobile device through which we can reach them to deliver life-saving information. Now, right now, we live in a world where people can get Facebook for free, but yet they cannot get maternal health information for free. I don't think, I don't think that is the right state of the world to be in. And so our vision is, and what we work tirelessly towards and to be to live in that world where every single person has access to life-saving information for free on their mobile devices. Very exciting. Can you tell me about some of the challenges mm -hmm. you've had along the way in building this organization? Mm -hmm. So running any business can be challenging. There's, there's no business that is not going to have tough times, whether it be cash flow or whether it be resource issues or timing issues or software doesn't work. Um, I think for us, uh, what really how we over overcame those things, and I, th and I would say to any social entrepreneur, would be to make sure that you have a set of, whether it's formal, like an advisory board, or it's informal, like a mentor, um, it's invaluable to have somebody you can reach out to, because every entrepreneur and every business is going to have tough times. And you're going to have days when you get up and you don't understand, you don't know how you're going to get through that day. But it's amazing to be able to speak to another entrepreneur, another mentor, or somebody else who's gone through that, who can just give you a little bit more insight, who can think a little bit further, who can see you know, around the next bend, which you might not be able to see throughout that time. And so my, my advice would be make sure that you have that personal board of directors that you can reach out to when, when you hit tough times. Excellent. In terms of the, the growing a, a social entrepreneurial mm -hmm. business or a social business mm -hmm. with social impact, 
clearly there are questions around scaling. Mm. But before that, I suppose there's a fundamental issue around is this viable? Mm. Is this something that uh, can we make change here? Can we make change on a sustainable basis? Is this something I can do? Can you talk to me a little bit about that, how mm. to think about that? Because that seems, you know, a, a somewhat more complex challenge than if you're launching a, uh, you know, a, a mm. new uh, widget of one kind or another, when you're trying to think about the social side of it and the, the mm. product side, however it's configured. So I think there's a, there's a really interesting transition and a very complex transition from taking something which has got a social impact uh, to something that scales. And, and I think there's a fundamental difference in a way because if you, if, you try and, if you try and have a social impact, invariably what you're looking for is an area of market failure. Um, if there wasn't market failure, then capitalism would have solved the problem, um, most probably, you know, we've given enough capital. So you're looking for something where capitalism didn't solve the problem. So it's an area of market failure. And we find invariably when you look at those, those problems, and you try and address them, you usually start with a little experiment or in a pilot. And you try something at small scale. And what we found, and what I've seen happen a lot with social entrepreneurs, is that you find a, an interesting problem, you find a potential solution, but you, because of the way you're solving the problem, invariably it's a very small solution to, to that problem. And what, where we see most people have, have then a problem is once as a successful is how do you scale that solution? Because you might have inadvertently designed flaws into your solution because you were only thinking about that little pilot. You were thinking, I've got one village in one town, one little place, one county in the east of Kenya where I need to get maternal messages to a to mothers in that village and you might have thought that the way to solve that problem is to send them SMSs, which you can pay for. And during the pilot that doesn't matter, but now try and do that for 10 million mothers in Nigeria across the whole entire country and your entire, the very, the, it's just designed with inherent flaw in it. And I think, I think most of the problems with marrying social impact work with scaling and, and, and sustainable models is that disconnect between finding solutions at the small scale and then being able to transition it into something that really works at a, at a population scale. Excellent. That's interesting. And that brings up, for me, the question about vision of scale and impact. I spoke to Mike Brown at, at, at Zuna, who mm. is very explicit about wanting to build a billion-dollar mm. company. And he, uh, he, he points out that some people think that's an excellent way of looking at it. Other people... <laughs> have questions um, but clearly having ambitious goals uh, can, can help what's your view on, on, on setting goals and mm -hmm. having big vision about mm -hmm. the kind of impact you can have and what kind of impact that will have on the kinds of organisations that we will see growing over the next 5 to 10 years mm -hmm. to, to create social change we build software um, and we build software for mobile phones so we inherently and, and naturally start thinking about scale when we, when we design uh, solutions. Um, for us, problems don't really get solved unless uh, they can work at scale and we start thinking about that right from the beginning uh, when we build these type of uh, systems. For us, when we try and design something, we need to think not necessarily in, in cash value a billion dollar business, but we do need to think about how will this work when 10 million or 100 million people are using the service? How will this impact our infrastructure? How will it impact the, the cost? Everything has to be modeled 
in the beginning. And, and for mobile, it doesn't really work without economies of scale. Having said that, not every business works like this. Not every social impact business has to work at that type of scale. There are many, many business models that don't require that vast a scale. And I've, I also don't think we should be blinded by the internet and by mobile technology to think that every solution has to run at that type of scale. In the end, the reason we want to do scale is because if we have a great solution, we'd love to see that replicated. But there are different ways of doing that. And, 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 and it doesn't necessarily have to be a top-down internet business with 100 million users. There are very uh, many other ways of, of sol solving similar problems, maybe through a franchise model or, or a bottom-up approach. Um, maybe by solving a problem by giving the right information to the right person and that person being able to implement the solution themselves. That's, a, that's just as a effect or can be as an effective way to solve a problem than to necessarily build a top-down service that everyone needs to use. Sounds like you're suggesting a degree of flexibility in thinking and an openness. And, and as you said earlier, this whole social entrepreneurship space is evolving the different names, different forms, different ways of, of, of working. And I suppose also in terms of solving problems that maybe taking that extra step and looking more creatively at different ways of maybe solving the problem. Yeah, I think, I think we're just at the, at the beginning stage of, of this journey of, you know, a couple of years ago, 10 years ago, I started a for-profit and a non-profit because social entrepreneurship didn't really exist as a, really as a, as a concept. You couldn't go out and raise money as a social entrepreneur. Um, you could raise money as a for-profit organization. You could raise money as a charity. And that's, that's what we did. Um, and so things change. Um, I think it's incredible that there's been this renaissance in the way we think about business and, and sustainable business. Uh, but we've just started scratching the surface in, in terms of the available business models. Um, Ten years ago, nobody was thinking of mobile as a universal resource that you could just work with. We were still obsessed with things like how do we how do we just deliver the things that we need to deliver to the recipients um, and that that was where most of the money went in development aid ten years ago. That problem has just disappeared now essentially and 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 we haven 't even started thinking about the types of services we can deliver when every human being has got a mobile device we haven 't even started building those services yet and I think if if the cost of access drops to uh, such a uh, a large amount that it essentially becomes zero, then whole new business models are going to become possible. And, and also sustainable business models where there is actually some revenue built in for the people that do to deliver those life-saving services. Well, that's interesting, and I think you, you're definitely seeing more and more people being drawn into one form of social entrepreneurship or another, trying to find ways to, to, you know, to, to build social impact and uh, marry it with some kind of sustainability in one form or another. So what would you say to aspiring social entrepreneurs that want to create change, maybe want to do something that you're doing, thinking about you know, using technology to you know, provide information to people. Mm -hmm. Just setting out on this journey, um, what kind of things do you think would be helpful for them to keep in mind? Uh, my advice, or, or if, I had one, if I had one piece of advice for an aspiring social entrepreneur, or even just an entrepreneur, it would be start with your user. Um, start with real problems. Um, you, you can't go wrong doing that. I think as uh, I'm an engineer and as engineers, we, we sometimes make the mistake of building solutions and then looking for the problems afterwards. Um, but you cannot go wrong when you just 
walk into a township, walk into a small village, go to a rural area, speak to the people that you're trying to help and ask them. Um, don't patronize. Ask them, how can I make your life better? And, and, and I think uh, if you can start with that, you'll be inspired in so many ways to find interesting solutions. And, and very often the solutions are already there but it's just hiding in plain sight. And just understanding people's hopes, dreams, and desires uh, will enable you to build a fabulously transformative, disruptive social impact service. Very exciting. Very exciting. We talked about inspiration and how social entrepreneurs can be inspired and will be inspired by hearing your journey. What inspires you? Are there figures? Are there uh, individuals who have created organizations, created social change? figures in the world of business or otherwise that have inspired you on your journey? I think we're all inspired um, some, somehow, somewhere uh, by somebody uh, in building what, we, what we're building. Um, uh, for me personally, the, 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 the two people that really inspired me um, for, for different reasons are um, Muhammad Yunus and I think uh, because of the way uh, that he's completely rethought how how debt and, and, and equity and capital can work and money can work and, and completely revolutionize the, the way that, um, that uh, money was being lent in, in the developing world. Um, I, I'm really inspired by, by that model. Um, and then on the other side, I'm really inspired by Steve Jobs, um, not necessarily just as a human being, but because of his and the, because of the, the organization he built and the attention to detail and the incredible quality of products that they built. Um, not necessarily as a social entrepreneur, but I think um, just having a long-term vision and being able to build and to be able to, to stay true to that vision, I think, is incredible. Yes, excellent, excellent. And are there any books, just books, something like mm. that, that you've read that you think inspire? Mm. I'm reading at the moment. Um, I think a must-read, although that's now, it's almost you could call it a classic, is the, the um, uh, Prahad. Um, the fortune of the base of the pyramid, which I think is a must-read for any social entrepreneur. Um, obviously, Mohamed Yunus's book. I'm recently very inspired by um, the founder and CEO of Patagonia, um, and I think Patagonia is, uh, as a very matter of fact, maybe I can change my my answer about who who inspires me at the moment. The person who inspires me most is 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 Eve uh, um from from Patagonia. Interestingly, because it's not a social impact business; it's a for-profit business. In the last six years, they've grown their revenue by, uh, I think they tripled their revenue, doubled their profits, and um, they started in a normal for-profit business to give away 1% of the turnover or 10% of their profit to environmental causes. But a 100% for-profit business, but a, but a really responsible business. Now, I, th- I find that really uh, inspiring. And I'm, I'm really, uh, I, he wrote a book called The Responsible Company which uh, I find really, uh, I'm lately very inspired by that. Excellent, excellent. I'm just going to go back to something mm. we talked about mm. earlier on, because I think it is interesting, just to go into more detail if you have just a moment, on the maternal project mm. and mm. some of the impact that that, you can see that having now, mm. maybe a snapshot of you know, when you set it up and mm. where it's going now and the next step in that project. Yeah, I think MAMA and the maternal health project that we worked on is a, is a, a incredibly interesting um, and hopefully it will be inspiring uh, in future to other people model for how to build social impact services. Um, we started with the area of market failure. Um, mothers did not get the right information and they didn't have the money 
uh, to get to clinics to get the right information. We uh, built an organization together with a whole bunch of partners that we collaborated. We had philanthropic uh, investment, we had multilateral organizations, and most importantly, we had government involved. We built a pilot, but we designed the pilot so it could scale. We tested it for two years, we managed to get to 100,000 mothers, and now government has announced that they're making this the national universal maternal health project for South Africa. I think there's so many lessons to be learned, um, and certainly we believe that's a great model for building social impact services. Finding the areas of market failure, building a solution, showing that it can scale, and then making it a public service. And so that's really a fairy tale. If we can, if we can, if I can, one out of ten projects can have that type of success. I'd be very happy. That's very exciting. Have you any sense of the the impact mm. it's having? You said mm. hundred thousand mm. mothers. What do you measure? What mm. are you looking at? And mm. what gives you the hope the, the overall impact of this? Um, so in South Africa, we Mama is now reaching 100,000 women. Um, there are a million live births every year. Um, so within the next year, a million women will be registered in the service, which means for the first time ever, South Africa will have a universal birth registry, which will allow South Africa to measure the impact of the program, but also just to have a baseline measurement about maternal and child health. Um, we're already seeing the outcomes in the cohort uh, in our pilot of 100,000 uh, women uh, increases in maternal and child health uh, from uh, HIV AIDS infections and uh, other premature uh, deaths. Um, so we're hugely excited. I think it's um, if we can get to a place where every single birth is registered and we can measure our impact and improve over time, um, that'll be amazing. Well done. Congratulations. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to share with us uh, your, your journey and your inspirations and uh, very inspiring. Thank Thanks, Virgil. Thanks for the time. Really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Inspiring Social Entrepreneur podcast. I hope you found this interview inspiring. Please make sure to visit www.inspiringsocialentrepreneurs.com and subscribe to make sure you don't miss any future podcasts.